This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. It's Sunday afternoon. We're fresh off game week 12 and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm fantastic, Josh. Uh, thanks for asking. I, I had an idea that you would ask me how I'm doing. I'm doing well. <laughs> That's good. We had a great, we had a great meetup this weekend just to, mm-hmm. just to kick us off with Leo Howell, a friend of the pod, Patreon supporter. We That's met right. him at the Black Horse. And also, shout out to Jazz, who was our bartender at the Black Horse. And uh, if you're listening, Jazz, uh, welcome to the team. Yeah, I don't know that. Um, I, I think I've heard before that in, in Europe they don't do. It, it, in America, it's very common to get uh, like a round picked up at the end. Um, I know sometimes in the UK you get shots. We got a round and shots, so I felt yeah. like it was really. Now, bear in mind it was 10 a.m., but it was still, it was still great to get uh, to get free alcohol uh, anytime, really. You know, no matter what the context <laughs> is. Yeah. Um, and then you ha- I have the whole afternoon ahead of me to nap. Just nap. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I had to go hang out with a two-year-old, but uh, it was good. We went to the park. <laughs> so okay, so uh, we had a, we had a yeah. great meetup, great hangout at the Black Horse, always sure. shooting HQ. But uh, our scores perhaps tell a different story. Uh, how'd you do in game week 12? How are you feeling well, about your score? Yeah, I mean, our, I actually think both of us, our scores are kind of okay. I mean, I'm on 63 points. Uh, green Arrow, it looks like I'm going to be around 23,000 in the world. So, mm-hmm. um, certainly not, not, it's not bad. Um, it's, it's not, not as good as it should have been though. Okay. My new thinking, Brandon, is uh-huh. that I am not a manager who should have two free transfers. I don't Thank think you. I do good things with them. I think that, I think that I am, it's just like, it's a personality thing. Like some, mm-hmm. there are some managers out there who were incredibly patient, mm-hmm. uh, incredibly happy to just continue to carry transfers over week after week. Um, you know, like, you know, use one, save, I have two for two for the next, but I, I'm not conservative by nature. I want to, I, I want to take like huge home run swings with every transfer that I make. If I only have one, however, I'm typically pretty sensible and I just shore up, you know, whatever the weakness is that game week. 
So um, I decided to bring in, I mean, this is going to sound ridiculous in hindsight, but I decided to bring in uh, Alvaro Morata and, uh, and David Brooks. Now, the Brooks move, I think, is pretty justified. And this, this was to replace Madison and, um, and uh, Mitrovic. So both players really had to go, you know, yep. with two frees. And, yep. um, you know, the Mad- who I was going to move Madison to was not an easy decision. It was something I really debated, um, you know, pretty seriously. And... Um, you know, the Richarlison news sort of just made me not necessarily want to bring him in, you know? Yeah, the news um, that he was, uh, he had a knock or was it a knee ankle injury issue, or something? I think. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it was an ankle issue. And then, you know, Marshall or Martial, you know, is it Martial? I, I know we talk about this like every podcast. What is the right way to say Anthony Martial? Martial. Martial. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So Martial playing away to Man City, I did not expect another. Uh, Ederson uh, penalty, another uh-huh. Ederson to concede another penalty. It is incredible, is, just a, a, yeah. a exact replica of the penalty he conceded last week against Southampton. The guy is bigger than everyone on the pitch. I don't know why he's like he's reacting this way. It's like you got to be a gentle giant, dude. Like let the, <laughs> let the, uh-huh. you got to be jolly and to, gentle. He's commanding his box too aggressively. Uh, so I, I just didn't love any of the any of the moves there. So I decided to to move to Brooks, who's a player that I think has a lot of long term value, even with some difficult fixtures ahead for uh, for Bournemouth. I just um, I, you know, so I didn't mind bringing him in early. I didn't like I didn't love any of the options for game week twelve. I was really trying to yeah. to put up a good game week twelve score. Right. Um, and I think I've been a little guilty of looking too far ahead with my transfers and trying to transfer like trying to play for the next three or four weeks, kind of ignoring the game week in front of me. And so I was like, all right, let me try to like really just put up a big score mm-hmm. uh, game week twelve. And so I, I brought in Alvaro Morata and um, the idea there was it's really a three-week punt with him. Um, it was uh, – I thought Everton – I didn't think Everton would put up um, such strong resistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have dis- – I might not have like factored in the um, the hangover um, of the uh, Europa, Europa League. League. Yeah. yeah, although he didn't play in that, but um, many of the players did. Um, so, I, you know, I just thought Everton at home, uh, game week 12, Fulham at home, game week 14. Um, it just seemed like a good run. He'd scored – I think it was – scored four – it was, I think, it was four goals in four going into the match, and I, maybe mm-hmm. it was actually five and five because I think he scored in a. He actually scored in the Europa League match that you and I watched too. Yep. So I was thinking five goals for a team that's undefeated on the season, um, two home matches in the next three. He's eight point seven million. Um, it just felt like it, like an interesting risk, you know. You like, weren't you weren't put off by his emotional fragility. I do think people like it's borderline bullying what happens to him now. Right. And I know that we're part of it too. So uh-huh. I can't, uh, I, I'm not going to be the, uh, I'm not going to be a total hypocrite here. Uh, but having him on my team, like sort of gave me some perspective where I was like, leave this guy alone. Uh-huh. Uh, so, I mean, but you know, he didn't have a great match. I actually don't know that I really think he was the problem in that match, but interesting um, to note uh, for BPS Marada finished on negative 10. Uh, <laughs> Just an absolutely outrageous, uh, bad FPL so many, game for Murata. He was offsides more times than I could even count. Like Bob Timby Gomi's levels of offsides. It, yeah, I mean, it really genuinely couldn't have gone worse. I, I got three points from those two. Uh, you know, Kellen Wilson was the player that I was really seriously looking at. Yeah. Um, you know, who only netted two points. So it's frustrating. Uh, you know, I really wish that I had just brought in Richarlison, right? And just yeah. had Wilson or Charleston. But it is what it is. Um, you know, I, I actually think that the way my team looks next game week, I can I can roll uh with a four three three, uh, which I yeah. don't think I've done very often this year. Um, save that transfer and um and then just downgrade Murata, you know, maybe after game week fourteen to 
um, Jimenez or something like that. Yep. So anyway, you know, it's, I, I don't want to get too, I was, I was really frustrated earlier today, but like uh-huh. as the hours have gone by, like, like as many of us know, you know, it's like you give, give it a couple hours and you always have a little more perspective. Um, and now it's like, at least I have a green arrow, you know? Yeah. So that's the one that's, that's what you've got to keep in mind, I guess. Absolutely. So I also finished on a green arrow, 64 points. So, uh, just a Jimenez bonus point better than you. And Jimenez <laughs> yep. was my move for the week. I dropped Mitrovic for Jimenez. And uh, you know, our, our away to Arsenal wasn't exactly like the greatest fixture that to pick from looking at transfers for game week 12. But I think a lot of us would say Arsenal's defense has not been great this game week. So yeah. it just didn't really put me off. Happy to bring in Jimenez. The goal. And did, you, did you see the goal? I was yeah, watching I mean, it, was a, it was a typical Jimenez assist. He was outright and, and, and played it into the box and uh, finished by um, Carvalier or, or whatever his name is. Yeah, Ivan Caviero. So uh, can we talk? I mean, you, you've even by one point, so I can I can bring up a, a painful moment. But I okay. mean, that 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 Matt, Matt D at the end there, that is that is a heartbreaker. Uh, in that he got his head caved in. Well, no, I was thinking more about the lost uh, clean sheet and three bonus points. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. That that that, that is a, a heartbreaker. In. I did break shocking. my rule. I did break my rule of loading clean sheet points before the game was over, and my, I have that rule because typically, I think if you load clean sheet points after the 60th minute, you run the risk of then losing them and seeing those points wash away. Never a mm-hmm. good feeling, and I think it's bad <laughs> luck. But yeah. I, I, I felt like I knew today while um, sort of doing the second screen with Wolves Arsenal that I was going to lose that clean sheet anyway. It was a it was just an onslaught uh, Arsenal on the Wolves goal. It was going to the dam was going to break at some point. It I did always feel like a goal was coming, although Troy, Troy, it was funny because watching him in the second half, I was thinking, uh, man, it's amazing. This guy doesn't start like he's so fast. And then you're like, oh, right. He can't really pass or shoot. Yeah. You know, it's like if he could do either of those two things, he's probably a starter. But unfortunately, yeah. he can't really do either. He's a pretty good dribbler, though. Yeah. Um, but he's a he's a fun player to watch. Yeah, that was uh, I know a lot of people ended up getting Wolves clean sheets or they started Patricio. It was um, just the way that goal was scored was so funny with uh, Mkhitaryan thrown across. That happens like a couple times a year, right, where you see someone yeah. just like toss a hopeful cross in there and somehow it just eludes everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yep. you know the pass through nine different i don't know how it didn't touch anybody yeah. it was like i think um um uh was it uh Aubameyang was very uh, close Aubameyang, to it. Yeah, yeah exactly tried to flick his head on and he completely missed it which may have yeah. been enough to distract the keeper actually but yeah so then it uh, becomes anyways, a non-fpl goal with a ramsey assisting mkhitaryan so it, yeah. it just hurt everyone with wolves players it didn't help anyone with arsenal yeah beautiful goal for me because uh, no 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 abombing or lacassette points uh and then the wolves uh, clean sheets wiped out so that was like the one that was the best moment of today for me probably yeah <laughs> right I, I guess i guess actually no trent uh trent to uh uh, Sala was amazing. What a crazy goal that was. The first goal of the uh, Liverpool match. Yeah. Yeah. And Trent looked really wild. good. Um, I think he he made a few mistakes, just uh, young, naive mistakes. And, yeah. Um, but he's got some that, body he, language issues. He does. But he, attacking wise, I think he looked really great. I mean, definitely on par with Robertson in this match, who also looked fantastic. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. They both look good. Yeah, I, I chose not to solve the Madison issue, so I'm continuing to lose value on Madison. It looks like he, I mean, he'll definitely drop once 
probably twice over the international break. So um, I just didn't know who to move him to this week for a minus four. So yeah. The guys I was targeting would be Richarlison or Martial. And um, right. kind of as you were alluding to, I didn't like either of those fixtures in game week 12 for them. I didn't think it'd be worth a minus four. And as it yep. turns out, Martial would have uh, been would have been like a marginal increase in my overall uh, game week score. Two but, points, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, not, not a lot. As it is green arrow, the fix has me up to 6,150 overall. So, Ooh. yeah, yeah, heady heights. Some, uh, yeah, it's eye-watering heights there, Brandon. Uh, well done. Uh, so it is It is currently too early to share the Super League. My hope is that by the time we get to the end of this podcast, it will be updated and we can post it. So, uh, yeah, I, what's cool is that the Always Cheating Super League has actually moved into the five best leagues in the world. Uh, thanks to our friend FPL General who uh, who shared that with us. Uh, it was pretty uh, pretty exciting. So um, I don't know how long that's going to last for, but as it, it, of, as of our, going into this game week. It, it, going into this game week, yes, we're already off the FPL homepage. So uh, we'll see yeah, what happens was, when all the scores. I mean, it, it was we'll always have that screenshot, Brandon. We'll always have that screenshot. Yeah, we were we were ranked just below the league of doing bits. So uh, Patrick Van Anhold, if you're listening, we're gunning for you. Uh, by the way, right above the toughest leagues are the teams with the most team value, uh-huh. uh, which is uh, kind of like it's just a fun thing to look at because you realize how little team value has to do with like where someone's ranked in the world. Yeah. Uh, Fayum FC, his, his team value is 107.1 million. Uh, he is ranked 5 million out of 5.8 million players. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people set up dummy teams just to play that game to try and get on the homepage for team value. So I, I wonder if this guy has another yeah, team that he actually just plays think for by, like, But just having that much value means you've got super talented players, right? Presumably. I don't know if he's just captaining a goalkeeper every week or something. So <laughs> we'll learn more about Fahim FC. Kareem AAA, well, we're coming for you. Yeah, yep. Okay, so uh, yeah, more to come on the Super League. Never too late to join. There's an auto join button on our website, alwayscheating.com. Five million, or five million, I wish. 5,000 <laughs> managers strong going there in the Super League. A couple of thank yous to our new Patreon supporters. At the Embakani patron level, uh, we welcome Bobby Styles and Ollie Lewinsky, and also pledging at the Surlot, the Lord Surlot patron level. It's Andrew Ferber. So thanks to you guys for your support. And, yeah. if you and wanna... no thanks, to, no thanks to Lord Sarlat for missing a beautiful chance at the end of that Spurs game. Yeah, and that would have been huge for the always cheating brand writ large if <laughs> if Sorloth were able to put that goal. I think in. my mom yeah. would have texted me if if he scored. <laughs> like I think that's, that's that's how connected we are to, to Sorloth at this point. Absolutely, oh, so frustrating. So and IU, why does IU continue to play? Oh, so frustrating. Yeah. Another added bonus for our patron supporters at Patreon.com. We have our starting eleven retro kit contest. That started fresh for the month of November. So if you're a Patreon supporter, you just join our uh, big Patreon supporters, FPL Mini League. And the person who has the most points for that particular month wins a free retro kit from 3retro.com from our great friends at Starting Eleven and their awesome daily fantasy app. So uh, we're halfway through the month of November uh, never too. You can still join that November contest if you become a Patreon member. Now we'll get you right loaded into the the November contest. And thanks to Starting Eleven for sponsoring that for us. Uh, Brandon, we have a couple of rants this week. Uh, first one comes from uh, Dave from Burnley. Says rant uh, Mendy six point four million. Seriously bad value. 
You started a bit of a, a yeah, Twitter war. Kerfuffle. Uh, I didn't mean to. I, I, to me, I mean, I like, like a lot of fantasy managers or just people who watch the Premier League in general. I, I've, I feel like I've seen like virtually every minute of, of Man City this season, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. there's always like a reason to watch them and, yeah. uh, you know, for fantasy otherwise. Um, and I feel like since he's come back from the injury, he just hasn't been as attacking. Um, which is pretty much all I said. And uh, some people like got very heated about it. Um, I don't know. Like, don't you f- like, I mean, I guess I, I haven't like checked heat maps and stuff, but my feeling is that he, he hugs the touchline a lot more than he used to. And that he's not kind of bombing forward in this sort of, think back to those first few game weeks of the season, you know, it felt mm-hmm. like he was super aggressive. Right. I mean, I don't think he's, you know, he had one assist at the end of, whatever that match was like four or five weeks ago, um, you know, when the game was already four, you know, four nil or five uh-huh. nil. Yep. Um, you know, but in general, um, I just don't, I, you know, it feels like, you know, for a while it was, you know, when Sané plays in front of him, he's sort of there. And then Sterling is kind of taking that spot too. Um, and Sterling is the kind of player who like, once he gets the ball, it's like head down. He's kind of like Aguero actually, like both those guys, like they get the ball, they're going for goal, you know, yeah. like they're not, yeah. they're not, they're not kicking it back out wide, you know, yeah. they're, they're going for it right then. Um, so I don't know. I mean, do you, what do you think about Mendy? Mendy is a tricky one because I think he's asked to do a lot in that position. I mean, he's, I view him as, uh, in FPL and in real life, very much like Marcus Alonso. He Mm -hmm. can sometimes look a bit clumsy, particularly when he's trying to defend. Uh, Mm -hmm. but his, his better skill is to assist the team in the attack. I think right. it definitely in the second half of the Manchester Derby, Mendy looked much more attacking. He was yeah, actually getting into the 18-yard box. And uh, yep. I don't know if he got a shot off, but he was in position to actually get shots on goal in do the you, box. Do you, do you agree with me, though, that he doesn't hasn't been as attacked? I mean, I know I'm just saying, like, do you agree with my feeling about this? <laughs> like, we haven't, like, I haven't looked at, like, yeah. the t- touches in the opponent's half and like that. But um, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like he's I don't. I I don't agree with you. I don't think I do agree with you. I think that okay. we're seeing Manchester City and Pep try a few different versions of their tactics. Obviously, Pep, as as you noted, he's moving various players around like Sterling and Sané and Mares. That will impact how Mendy f- fits into the attack. So I think we're seeing uh, different versions of the same Mendy week to week. But I don't think his role has been diminished. Um I, I think there it is an interesting discussion to have of is it good value six point four for a player right. like Mendy, um, uh, but yeah, I, I, think, I still do think he is a, a great attacking fullback, and I don't think that's changed yeah. since game week one. And I, and I've, I have picked up two. I've had him for the last four game weeks uh, since he came back from the injury, and picked up two clean sheets, an assist, and a bonus point. So hardly a disaster. I mean, the real issue is 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 just. The Ederson thing, I mean, it's not like I expect that to keep happening, but, you know, for two game weeks in a row for the ball to go to the exact yeah. same spot yeah. and for him to come charging out there like a baby fawn, you know, I don't know, <laughs> like 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 the first five minutes of Bambi, you know, like the, just slipping around and tackling people. And well, what's frustrating about it is uh, what like what I mentioned last week is you want your keeper in that situation to just, you know, you committed, you have to go for the ball and you have to take that ball. In both yeah. instances on Lukaku and on Danny Ings, was it Danny Ings that he took out last week? He's he's he is of two minds and he, he's pulling his hands back. So he's not even taking the ball. And that's why the penalty is getting called because he's not even making a play on the ball and he takes out the man. So, yeah. uh, 
Yeah, I, it's he either needs to be, as you mentioned, be more jolly or less or f- far less jolly in that in that penalty box. FPL Prashant says, probably not a rant, but a happy feeling after a terrible game week 11. But I'm feeling relieved for two two things. Giddy Marshall returns for three weeks as ecstasy. Also is happy that Arsenal, this isn't a rant, Brandon. Uh, I'm also happy that Arsenal scored so that I get him and as uh, BPS and feel not awful for leaving Bowley on the bench. This is curveball thinking from Prashant. We asked for rants and Prashant says, I'll do you one better. I'll tell you why I'm feeling good. <laughs> about my team so i i did appreciate him writing in that's how he snuck into the <laughs> okay. ranch of the week um how about this uh for something completely different it's just a straight up humble brag from our friend that joe guy yes he asks mm-hmm. a question maybe you can answer this josh how do you yep. deal with all the jealousy when you're top of your mini league apparently listening to you guys is the only reason i'm on top wow that's just enough of a compliment to allow the humble brag to, to <laughs> slip onto the podcast uh, I, how do you deal with the jealousy? I when I'm number one, uh, which I haven't been in our mini league in ages now. Uh, I um, I'm too nervous. Like I I I don't look. I'm I'm just looking forward, man. I'm like yeah. I'm like Tiger Woods on Sunday, you know. I'm well, just I, like, I know I, you. I, I, whenever I go number one in my league, I always wear red, and I just wear red <laughs> as many weeks as it takes before yeah. I get knocked up that that one number one spot. I know you kind of hate it when I bring up uh, your the mind games that you play. You, th- I, I think you think yeah. I overvalue them, but when. <laughs> When you're in first, I think you tend to revert to this psychological like it's everything is probably going to go wrong. And then you start playing mental warfare with those immediately below you, sort of big upping them like, oh, you know, I'm sure you're better set up than I am. You're going to you're going to come for me. I'm surely going to lose. So, Joe, I think I think that's not a bad way to handle that. Handle it. That's true. Be modest and uh, be nice in a really condescending way. And people be condescending. Give (laughs) give lots of false hope to those immediately below you. That's your privilege as a person in number one, uh, number one overall. All right, Brandon, we're going to take a quick break. And then what are we talking about on today's podcast? Yeah, we spent the last few weeks dwelling on differentials, mid-table sides that um, are providing lots of great differentials or mid-priced value assets. So this is a good time for us heading into the international break to take stock on the big six teams. I like it. It's a nice nice counterpoint to last week's differential special. You know, you got to talk about the... You know the the big guys too. Yeah. Now, so now now's the time where we get to talk about players you've actually heard of before. Right. Exactly. Uh, all right, Brandon. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, Brandon. We're back. We're talking about the big six. Uh, Vital Richie says, uh, and that includes Bournemouth, right? They're part of the big six now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, Vital Richie says uh, a, a transfer strategy question. If we have a core of mid-priced to cheap players that are turning decently, uh, should we look to move our premium assets around and target fixtures, uh, or the other way around? Should we get our core of premiums and move around the mid-priced options? Uh, this is considering how big the gap is between. Uh, top and bottom teams this season, right? So basically, uh, when you're making transfers, is are you shoring up your your cheap players, or are you um, shifting your your expensive players from uh, you know sort of like like shifting them like as as the fixtures sort of turn? Yeah, it's been interesting so far this season. People talking about doing hokey cokey with Hazard and Sterling, and then you've got players like. Ryan Fraser, who are just set and forget players, right? Uh, right. Which usually it's it's the other way around. You're chasing the six million pound midfield bandwagon week to week, so it, it, it's been different. But I think 
we're you know we're getting that part in the season where the big premium assets are i don't know they're not even starting to coalesce we still as we'll get it to a lot of questions about Mo Salah. <laughs> unsettled. Yeah. Yep. Hazard yeah, is I, a few flags around him, uh, some concerns of, of value there. Yeah, it is really tricky. And um, yeah, I was glad that Hazard outscored Sterling by one point this game week. So um, let's see. He outscored him by 17 last game week. So now that gap has gone from 17 to 16. So I just I hope Brandon to keep chipping away <laughs> the differences. They're almost you know, I think they're like almost exactly the same price. So it's like it's really a it's interesting race there. Uh, but Brandon, just to just to guide our our talk here, let's go team by team. So uh, first thing we want to talk about is Man Manchester City, um, the the citizens. Brandon, their their mascots are Moonchester and Moonbeam. Uh, perhaps you've heard of them. I have. I actually um, saw a great picture yeah. on Twitter this past week of of Moonchester and Moonbeam posing with Gritty, the new uh, is he the Philadelphia Flyer hockey mascot? Oh, interesting. He's okay. like a mild I, celebrity I here in in America as uh, one of these just new newly introduced freaky looking mascots. Look up Gritty, but <laughs> he's in cahoots now with Moonchester and Moonbeam. All right. So uh, the question here is, uh, yeah, how do you? Why are we not all tripled up on this team, which is kind of true for many of us, right? I think it's uh, maybe recently, in recent weeks, the move has maybe been to, to double up on the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know most people who are listening to the podcast probably have Aguero. I'd say that's probably true of 75 80% of the people listening. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you, many have one defender, whether that's Laporte or Mendy. A lot of people have Ederson as well, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe they have Ederson instead of one of those defenders. Yep. But like we've all kind of... We it's like this weariness. Even with my two transfers this week, I was really debating what to do with that midfield. And you know, I will admit that I thought about Bernardo Silva for like a second, but I was just like, I don't know. Like Silva's been like really kind of inconsistent this season. You know, as a as a home fixture to Man to Man United, yeah, really like the best the best move to make. I mean, you know, it used to be that. Well, I don't know. It's it's interesting because the thing about Man City right now is they. When they're at home, they are just absolutely destroying people. Yep. When they're when they're away, their their waveform is is still pretty good, but it's not quite as explosively exceptional, right? They've been held scoreless away at Liverpool. They only scored one goal away to to Wolves. Um, I feel like they've got a, they've got a couple of other like not even their you know the wave fixture to Spurs was was like a one nil too, right? What you know, which is not bad obviously, but you know when you compare it to what they're doing at home, right? Where yep. they you know, I mean, three a three one victory was probably one of their least convincing. It was very convincing, and yet it was still one of the least like destructive victories. I, mean, I know that third goal was kind of like a absolutely brilliant team goal, and they they they, they still look great. But maybe, um, you know, but like a three one is like a ho hum victory for them. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, do you feel like? I guess you're doubled up right now, right? And are you considering a third player? Yeah, I'm doubled with Sterling and Aguero up front, and I have no defensive coverage. So I've been I've I've lucked out the last couple of weeks with just these wild clean sheet wipeouts uh, because of Ederson. But yeah, I I do I do think the logic I do think it's correct to look at Man City strictly as an attacking team. Uh, Red Dagger on our Slack says, "How do I get more than three City players in my team?" Uh, FPL TT. We are constantly frustrated by city rotation. Yet they continue to deliver week in week out. Should we just suck it up and have have three assets? I, I don't know because there are so many other premium assets that are 
more or less in form, like Hazard, and and we'll we'll talk about Liverpool coming up. And because City tend to spread the points around, I don't know. I, I I'm going to pat myself on the back. I feel like I'm happy. I feel like I have it right. Sterling, yeah. you know, he will be a rotation risk, you know, once every every three or four game weeks, and I accept that. But he would be the one midfielder that you want. He is the most explosive city midfielder. Aguero is nailed on, and he is ticking along. Even though he's expensive, I think there's no reason for you to not have Sergio Aguero in your team. So I yeah. think that's just the way to start the conversation is I do think that right now Raheem Sterling and Sergio Aguero are essential if if you're targeting a great overall finish this season. Then uh, what do you do around that? Then, then we get into that um, premium defender as midfielder conversation. Right. Uh, like Alonzo, is he worth seven million? Well, if Alon, if Alonzo was a seven million midfielder all day, all week, he would be worth it. So I right. think it is okay to look at Man City defenders, assuming they start bringing in clean sheets uh, pretty soon. And I think their fixtures coming yeah. up: it's West Ham away, then Bournemouth, Watford away, Chelsea, and Everton. I think there there are a handful of clean sheets in there. So I think you can make the case of just go for a defender and try and lock up a couple of clean sheets. And that's just as good as playing the crapshoot of, is it going to be David Silva or Bernardo Silva this week? Yeah. Yeah. It just, it really just depends on what you do with Hazard. If you decide that Hazard is, is dispensable, then it's, then it's pretty easy. Um, it's hard to talk about Man City without talking about Liverpool. So I guess we should just pull them right into the conversation. Sure. Um, because I think that, you know, as I was sort of thinking about my team going into Saturday, I, I sort of had this more. I was like, maybe, you know, like maybe I am going to drop Salah, um, you know, like not, not going into this game week, but just make maybe like long term, I want to get rid of him. And then I watched this match and I was just, I was even more convinced that he can't go, you know, <laughs> I just felt like. Why? Because he, he, because uh, he, all the attack ends at, at his feet. Uh, yeah, I think that's why. Yeah. For better or worse. A, yeah, for better or worse. But it usually, it, it seems like it, it you know, it, it often leads to attacking returns. I mean, yeah. I, it, it's, it is weird the way the narrative, I mean, at this point there's just, I wish people would just not have him in their team. It's like, there's, there's like a, <laughs> The uh, the anger that comes with him not getting bonus points and him not doing, you know, as much as people think that he should. I mean, you know, six goals and, and four assists. I mean, he's scoring a goal every other game, mm-hmm. getting an assist every three games. Um, I mean, I know that he's expensive, but it just if you put the money aside for a minute, those are fantastic returns. And maybe you just can't put the money aside. But if you can't if you can't handle his price, <laughs> just drop him. Like, yeah. quit going on and yelling at people about it. Like, yeah. just move on with your life. Just get rid of him and and I will happily continue to get 8 points, you know, virtually every match from him. Yeah. Um, you know, at least averaged, you know, over the course of, you know, three or four fixtures. So, um, I mean, guy, the guy's coming off a 15-point haul 2 weeks ago and it's just amazing how almost everyone is like I I want him to go. I want to get rid of him. Yeah. The, <laughs> you know, it's just the, it's not enough. The interesting thing about that 15-point haul against Cardiff one goal, two assists, it's the only match uh, of this 12-week run in which he's gotten any bonus points um i mean i I know we you could have the bonus point conversation all day long but um the other thing to note about that please let's not it's his only double (laughs) digit return all season um right apart from that 15 point haul he's failed to break into double digits 
But when you put it that way, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, you, I'm sure there was a but coming here, but. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm going to add it for you because saying that he only has one means that you're ignoring an eight-point return, nine-point yeah. return, eight-point return, eight-point return, yeah. eight-point return, and eight-point return. Those are incredible returns, right? I yeah. mean, 75 points over over 12 game weeks. I mean, what does that what does that divide to? That's like uh, what, he's averaging over six points per fixture. That yeah. is an incredible average. That's absolutely worth 13 million, in my opinion. Yeah, I. Mean, it, I you're still I, st- I still look at my team and I say I've got some pretty great premium assets around him looking at Sterling, Aguero, Marcus Alonso, Andy Robertson. Right. Uh the only decision that I feel I'm exposed on and and or is um I guess this is probably the one question that we should seek to answer in this entire uh part of the podcast is you've got three midfielders to choose from Sterling, Hazard and Salah. But right. and it, let's leave the Mane piece of that out of this for for the purposes of this <laughs> discussion. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, the only reason I would look to drop Salah is my fear of not having Eden Hazard. And right. uh, so then, then I have to weigh well Hazard versus Salah. Hazard has lots of upside in that anytime he gets attacking returns, he tends to be nailed on for bonus. He right. is on penalties. He can be explosive. But we do know that he's very streaky and we're looking at Salah and he's kind of the opposite of that. He's not being very explosive this season. He's not getting any bonus. Um, It's rare that he's on penalties, but he is ticking along so consistently. And uh, there have been moments throughout this game week where I'm feeling like "Mm, definitely going to drop Salah and bring in Hazard. Having this conversation, (laughs) though. And I'm in my heart of hearts. And you were right. The butt was coming when I started talking about Salah. I don't have it in me right now to drop Salah either. And I think that uh, yeah. it's it's unfair criticism FPL-wise on the man right well, now. Between between Mo Salah and Eden Hazard, only one of them is playing out of position as a striker, right? I mean, Salah has moved into that Roberto Firmino role. And Roberto Firmino is now a forward playing out of position as a midfielder. You know, so and maybe they're just going to alternate. Maybe this is like how Klopp's going to do it. Like next year, it'll be Sadio Mane, who is who's like they all get a chance to do it one year. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But I mean, right now we have the ideal situation, which is that Salah is not getting rested at, like virtually ever. And I mean, we're, we're 12 weeks in and he started every single match. I was not expecting that to happen this yeah. season. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. almost everyone else has has missed a match so far this year. Yep. So, you know, I don't know. I just feel like it's. um. I, I, you know, you can't, you, there's no, you can only have 11 players every game week. You, there, there's no way to hoover up every single possible point that's out there. And so, you know, it's this like Hazard versus Sterling discussion, which um, is the one that I'm most interested in yeah. uh, on a per, uh, for, for my personal team. I, I just, it's a hard one to answer because um, I think that I would be comfortable going from Hazard to Sterling, but I, I think I have to wait until that Fulham fixture yeah. in game week 14. I just don't know how I can drop him with a Fulham fixture just two game weeks away, you know? I mean, that could be an amazing fixture for him. That could be like a 20-point hole kind of game week, you know? It could Possibly. be. Everyone said the same about Liverpool uh, when they yep. hosted Fulham. And it's just one match. Turned out to, it, yeah, it turned out it was the defenders who really hauled in that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm curious to see what kind of shape Fulham are in, even if they have a new manager by the time that Chelsea fixture comes around uh do they even oust Jakanovic over the international break this would be the perfect time 
to to get right. rid of him. Um, but that yeah, was you keep him for that. It's it's kind of like what uh, what Real Madrid did uh, with their manager, where you 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 keep them for the for the big match for the yeah. derby. Yeah, and then and, I mean I know it's not a derby in, in their case, but you know you, like. You know, you keep like you keep like him around for the Liverpool match because they're not going to win that anyway. Sure. You know, and then uh, why 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 you put a new manager up before that fixture? Yeah. So yeah, he's got to go, right? Yes. No, he definitely has to go sooner rather than later. I uh, Claudio Renieri. Somebody was mentioning, hey, that guy's um, available to be hired. That would be just like an incredible appointment for Fulham if they could yeah. get him. Much prefer that over um, the same old Allardyce David Moyes uh, firefighting job. They just need someone to like get some shape into that team, yeah. or, you know, organize that defense a little bit. I mean, honestly, I mean, you're, you're gonna laugh, but like Sam Allardyce would probably keep them up. You know, like I don't know if you'd be able to stomach that, but yeah, I, mean, uh, I don't. You know, I don't. Someone in the, along those lines. Yeah, I don't think a you're Martin wrong. O'Neill type. I don't think you're wrong. All right, let's just before we move on totally from Manchester City, uh, we had a question from Salam Udin. Trippier out, Mendy in, Hazard out, Sterling in. Is it the time? So we we were talking about the um, Hazard versus Sterling debate. Your uh, we've already kind of uh, touched upon the anxiety around Mendy. But if you didn't have Mendy, and more more largely, if you didn't have a Manchester City defender or Ederson, are you looking at bringing them in to shore up this triple Man City right now? Or uh, does their recent defensive performances give you pause? Well, I mean, they've been pretty solid defensively, really. If you if you can look if you can look past the two Ederson pens, uh, you know they've they've I don't I mean they haven't let a goal on open play in ages, right? Like yeah. many many game weeks, I yep. think. Yep. Um, I mean, at least at least in the um, in the in the Premier League itself. Um, I think their fixtures aren't great coming up. Um, I mean, they're fine from an attacking perspective, but uh, away to West Ham, you can see that, you know, especially coming out of the international break, most of the players will be, will be playing somewhere internationally. Um, you know, I mean, home to Bournemouth. Bournemouth, you know, very solid attack, would conceivably score a goal in that match. Away to Watford in, in game week 15, and then away to Chelsea in game week 16. Not not great, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't look at those and think four clean sheets and four there. Maybe, maybe two and four, you know. So yeah. is that enough to 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 bring in a six point four million defender? I mean, Laporte <laughs> seems like the one. If I if I were, yeah. you know, I I think for for point four million cheap, point five, whatever it is right now, um, I think I slightly prefer him over Mendy. Um, he's got a little bit of goal threat on set pieces. Um, if Mendy, I, I am of the opinion, maybe incorrectly that Mendy isn't quite as attacking as he was before. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think you could, you could save the money and go with Laporte. So did the, um, did the prosecution team that was, um, pressing charges against Mendy a couple <laughs> weeks ago, uh, did they yeah. recruit you for their, for their case? It's no, it's not, I, it's not, I, I actually think it's fine the way he's playing. I mean, okay. There's like fantasy and there's real life. Okay. <laughs> you know, and this is like man city. Like we were talking about them, like, uh, like they aren't like, I mean, they're, you know, they're, it's all working perfectly. And it probably makes more sense for Mendy to be slightly more defensive in that team. There's no, there's no need for him to be super attacking because 
the, the I mean the front the front whatever the front five are yeah. just like so so good and so attacking. Yeah. And Mendy so is so he, slow. Yeah. If he is pushing up constantly and uh, and an attack, the opposing team gets Great. him behind him. He's never going to catch them. It's like sometimes like the only chance a team has to score is if Mendy is too attacking. You know, <laughs> yeah. create some space. Yeah, uh, that's actually Kyle Walker. I guess has been getting beat on the uh, on the right. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I agree um, with you on Laporte and John Stone's even cheaper at five point three. But there's that just the, the the specter of Vincent Company. Like anytime they get a chance to wheel him out with his with his captain armband, they'll they'll do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, be a couple of easy fixtures this fall, right? Where they'll they'll roll him out. Yeah. All right. What what else do we need to talk about in terms of Liverpool? Their upcoming fixtures are are pretty good. Uh, still Watford, then it's the Merseyside derby at Anfield in game week fourteen. Burnley, Bournemouth yeah. before they get to United. I think one interesting thing about uh, Liverpool is uh, whether Trent Alexander Arnold has has officially won his spot back, or if it was, or if you know Lovren was still kind of coming down from like coming back from a cold or whatever, and that's why Gomez. Played as a center back. I don't know. It's one like, interesting point about Lovren. Uh, seeing him uh, pictured on the bench uh, against Fulham, he had his legs crossed and his hands in his pockets, like he was basically just like taking the bus. And interesting. I find that to be an odd look for a player who could be subbed on at any moment. The the look <laughs> of like I ain't going on, and um, it's never yeah. going to happen. So Lovren Maybe, looking yeah, looking very yeah. relaxed, I would say. So yeah. if I'm a tr- if, if I'm a Trent owner, I, yeah. I'm I, I think you should be feeling pretty optimistic right now. I'm feeling reasonably optimistic. I I actually think that the defensive double up might still be the way to go with Liverpool. And I um, fixtures ahead are not bad, right? Watford, Everton, Burnley, Bournemouth in the next four. Um, I don't know. And then even after that, they've got Minion at home. Not not a terrible fixture. Uh, and then I, it's those fullbacks, though. You know, it's just like whoever wins that that other fullback. I mean, Robertson, you know, fantastic value. I don't know if he's fantastic value. He's, he's priced you know appropriately, but um, certainly offers a lot of attacking threat, a lot of bonus point potential. Even if they just keep clean sheets and yeah. he doesn't get an assist, yeah. Um, it'd be nice if he scored occasionally. He actually almost <laughs> scored in this match. He sure did. He he took the shot well. It was just uh, keeper was well positioned for it. Yeah, but if 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 Trent Alexander Arnold. TAA. Uh-huh. Uh, it actually takes as long to say TAA. It's easy. You can spell it in shorter, but if you say it, it's... Yep, yep. So if, if he wins that spot, though, then uh, a 5 million starting defender on Liverpool who's on some set pieces and on corners is super valuable. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would be looking at doubling up on those two players. Right. The, the, I think what you see most often with the Liverpool double up is either Trent or Robertson plus a VVD or Gomez. I haven't seen any teams that have both Trent and Robertson. And imagine if you had both of them coming, coming, going into that Fulham match. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. It seems. Yeah. I'm sure some, some people must, but yeah, I, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, maybe Jeff Petter actually coming out of his wild card had them for like a week. And then, and then it was, it's just, it's been a weird thing because, uh, you know, coming out of the, the last international break, it looked like he might have lost a spot, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really did. And he was having this weird, there was this weird story about his text messaging some young woman. And that was problematic. I don't know. That I was weird. I don't want to libel yeah. us here. Uh, we got a, we got a <laughs> question from uh, the secret FPL player or the secret FPLer. Uh, after game week 15, Liverpool played Bournemouth, Man United, Wolverhampton, Newcastle, Arsenal, Man City. 
before the fixtures turn more favorable. Can you, so we're taking the very long view here. Secret FPL player says, can you make a genuine case for going without any Liverpool assets over this run? Um, or is that too risky? So we're, we're, I think we're, we've established that we're very much on board with keeping Salah. Uh, he's an important FPL asset. And now we're talking about doubling up on their defense. So no, right. we are not recommending anyone go without Liverpool assets. Yeah, I well, yeah, and I mean, after game week fifteen, like who knows? That's like, like everyone's like half the league is going to come down with a hamstring injury in the next few weeks. So you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll let's see where we are in in four weeks. I, I can't think that far ahead, Brandon. How I got I've got to solve a I've got to solve an Alvaro Morata situation okay. as soon as possible. Okay? <laughs> we should actually end the podcast right now, so you could go tend to that. I think that fire is like burning out of control right now. So how right, long? Do you, how long do you yeah, think it's going to be? Just lastly on Liverpool, how long do you mm-hmm. think it's going to be before Shakiri nails down that spot? He's if you see, he looks so important to that attack. Yeah, he was so. Yeah, we haven't really talked about him, have we? It's. He just hasn't started a lot. I, I mean, I, I totally, I was not, I didn't, did not raise my eyebrows to see him start this game week. Uh, but, you know, he's only started, he's actually started three matches on the season. One of the three matches he started, he got taken off at halftime. Um, you know, although it was kind of a weird sub because they he had two assists and they, yeah. uh, they were up on Southampton. It was just a strange match. Um and uh, I think it was like a. Sh- I think it wasn't an injury though, right? I think Klopp just didn't like the shape of the team or something like yeah. that. So, mm-hmm. um, so that that did did give me pause. I mean, you know, he only played ten minutes last week, twenty nine minutes the week before. Yeah, he's a little too expensive for to you know. That's like seven million is basically third midfielder money. Yeah, and do you want to pay third midfielder money for a player who? I know. I know that's. I mean, we, you know, you don't know any better than I do, but like it does. I feel like I'm still not quite confident that he's going to start every game week. yeah i you agree know, at least not until the champions league he's he's on the watch list so he the he passes the eye test it's just we need more data on his his minutes so i mean yep. if, if, yeah, if exactly if he ends up being nailed on then it's a big buy for me yeah i think if you brought him in on a one-week punt i you probably have to keep him for another week mm-hmm. right unless you unless, unless you just want to move him on to richarlison which i guess is kind of the any any final word on Mane? What do you think about Sadio Mane? Yeah, he had a very he had a very bad Mane game today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he had he had one good shot on target, but um, I think the way I'm seeing it play out is I think that Salah is going to win in the head to head between him and Mane if it keeps going the right. way it is. So um, outscored him by so uh Salah's outscored Mane by seven points on the season, which is not that much, especially because there's a three million point difference. Uh, Mane is so streaky, though. You know, he yeah. unlike Salah, Mane has four uh, double digit attacking returns. Um, he's got a sixteen, a fifteen, and two tens. Uh, but then around that, he's blanked. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's blanked eight times yeah. uh, in twelve game weeks, which is quite a lot for a ten million player. <laughs> Just the definition <laughs> of explosive. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, it's I'm not like double double digits or bust is what you're getting with him. Yeah, I don't view him as a problem, um, but I think he, uh, like, if you currently have money, I don't view him as being a problem in your team. But I do view him as an avenue for you to get to those three other premium midfielders we're talking about: Hazard, Sterling, and right. Salah. Yeah, I do think you know we we kind of glossed over this a little bit um, when we're talking about Man City. I, I I think one thing I may do as I try to. Um, 
weasel my way out of this Murata um, mess mm. that I found myself in. I, mean, mm. I, I think I am going to keep Murata until game week 14. God help me. Uh, but I think that the money will ultimately be, I, I think I'm going to keep Brooks and I'm going to try to upgrade Kennedy. And I am going to try to find enough money to turn Kennedy into David Silva. And I, I think I've finally seen enough from Silva that even though we all know he is not going to start every single game week, yeah. he's starting enough of them that 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 you can get away with it right he started 10 out of 12 so far this season yep. uh four goals two assists uh you know picked up tons of bonus points along the way too uh or, you know seven but you know seven's very solid it's five more than most Salah. so uh i mean what do you think about david silva i love him and i think he, he's he's banging form so yep. uh i i yep. think that's a great call and yeah you know, we're yeah you 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 apply the same logic to david silva as you do to sterling in terms of that risk of rotation he's such a, a beating heart in that offense and that the esprit de corps at, at city so I don't view him as um a mares level rotation risk and given how consistent he's performing right now then yeah he's he's a great buy Yep. Yeah. 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 It's I, I Bernardo Silva is interesting um, too. you know, just at like a, a, almost exactly. He's exactly one million cheaper. Um, he's actually only one point behind David Silva on the season. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, interesting. But, and he started almost as often. Right. I think he only has one fewer start. Yeah. Um, you know, or one. No, excuse me. He actually has one more start. He started 11 out of 12. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, a lot of I know a lot of managers out there are kind of gritting their teeth because they had him for these. You know, he's 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 kind of like um, a little bit like Sadio Mane. You know, yeah. <laughs> he sees at some very big fixtures and some really mediocre ones. David Silva just finds himself so much closer to the goal than Bernardo Silva does. Bernardo yeah. makes some great darting runs. Uh, he'll get he'll get in in the back post from time to time. But David Silva is just always in the box. Yeah, he's always making yeah, Bernardo, stuff happen. Like, there. Bernardo was like a man on fire. I mean, he almost scored like two minutes into that match too. It's just like he he had a great. Great game today, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, All right, Chelsea. Mm-hmm. All right, so Hazard. Uh, what? What's the last word on Hazard after game week twelve? Is it our? So I'm off Hazard. I dropped him uh, ahead yeah. of game week eleven for Sterling. Worked out beautifully. Mwah, mwah, Italian yeah. chef kissing. Um, sure. What's your anxiety level right now with this with this man? <laughs> well, I mean, he actually. He just was a little inaccurate today, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, I thought he um, played okay, uh, had some opportunities. Um, you know, if Alonzo <laughs> was a little more accurate, um, then it, it would have been reflected in Hazard's scoreline yep. too. Yep. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you can't just look at – If one of Murata's 10 flops in the box were called as a penalty, yeah. then that's yeah, a goal exactly. for Hazard. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, I think uh, – yeah, well, there's that too. I mean, but I think he has to create some chances for Murata too if he hadn't been offside. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it is one of those situations where you look at his FPL score and see three points, and you think, ah, oh, okay, this is this is not working out. But I think if you actually watch the match, you saw you know a really dangerous player. Um, I don't love that Spurs fixture in game week 13. Yep. Um, that is, I don't see a ton from him there. It's not like it's not like I like totally believe in Spurs, but um, you know, I just expect that to be a fairly tight match. Um, and he's probably going to end up playing, you know, twice over the international break too. Yep. Um, so has he been called up? I'm actually not sure if he has been, but he probably has been. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to hold him for game week 14. I mean, I know we've said this a couple times yeah. already, but I'm going to hold him for game week 14. Um, and then the plan will probably be to move him on to Sterling 
if I want to like like move my money around, then maybe I move mine to David Silva, and uh, and then spend that money elsewhere. You know, maybe upgrade another midfielder or something. Yeah, the way I'm heading right now, it looks like I'm just going to be you know uh, doing that uh, overwrought hide behind the couch, buy a larger couch meme for game week 14. It looks like <laughs> yeah, it looks like yeah. I'm not going to have Hazard there, and I'm terrified. Yeah, I I do agree on the whole. Hazard still looks like he's in form. Looks great. It's just not really come together for him FPL wise over the, the the recent weeks. So I wouldn't be panicking at all. Yeah, I would be panicking if I were a Barkley owner because uh, obviously he didn't start yeah. against um, uh, against Everton, and he his performance in the last five ten minutes of that game was was laughable. He he looked very, he looked <laughs> very bad. Uh, it was it was uh, it was like vintage <laughs> vintage bad Ross Barkley. You <laughs> yeah. know, it was like, oh so so great. Uh, I mean, that's not. I mean, it was just like. Of course he was going to do that, right? He was like, like not going to look for anybody else and just like rip it every time he had the ball. Um, yeah, we have a question from Rick Cito. He says, as it comes from the I was cheating Slack, um, open to our Patreon supporters. This is uh, Hazard and Barkley out for Felipe and Martial uh, or Barkley and Murray out for Felipe and Jimenez? Uh, I'd say Barkley and Murray. Keep Hazard and uh, drop Barkley for sure. Murray... Uh, it's a bit of a sideways move, moving moving Murray to Jimenez, but I think we'll you save a million. Yeah, you save some money. And interesting stat on Jimenez that I saw today after he provided the assist for Wolves' goal against Arsenal is he's been involved in more than sixty-seven, be it he assisting or scoring the goal this season. He's been involved in their goal output in more than sixty-seven percent of the time. Uh, so just yeah, incredible yeah. involvement by him. And as and I think he's he's just sticking around. Everybody thought he'd be a little bit of a early season flash in the pan. But Wolves and him and as I think are yeah. sticking around. Well, I dropped him, uh, you know, three weeks ago um, with kind of that, that feeling that he was more of a um, little bit more of an assist player than, mm-hmm. a, than a goal scorer, which yeah. uh, maybe is still the case. Um, I was I was actually OK with that for a while. But then. Um, I don't know. Wa- you love goals, as you and- say. No, no, it says <laughs> well, all you know, goals. I had him for uh, the Watford match when he got subbed off in the 59th minute, and then the Brighton match where he, he didn't do anything, got subbed off in the 60th minute. Um, and I was thinking, all right, well, this is like, this is, this is not working. You know, uh-huh. like it's not, he's just not going to um, just contribute enough, you know? And so, um, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I just, I, I, I feel like I kind of underrated him a little bit. Now, Huddersfield and Cardiff back to back. I mean, those are in the Newcastle in game week 16, Bournemouth yeah. game week 17. Yeah. Uh, great run coming up for him. Uh, I can understand the ban. I, I say bandwagon. He's still only 9.1% owned. Um, but I can, I can understand the, the desire to have him in your team. I mean, he may end up in mine as well. The other big Chelsea takeaway right now is it is a great time to be alive as a Marcus Alonso owner. The guy is. Yeah, he, is. He's, he didn't score or, or assist against Everton, but he looked fantastic. A couple of just amazing shots that uh, went off the, the post or the crossbar. So I think he's just still such a stud in FPL. My attention is yeah. is still he's the highest scoring plane and highest scoring player in FPL, Brandon, with eighty six points. Yeah, don't take it from me. Take it from the FPL stats page. <laughs> um, I mean, can I interest you in doubling up here on Chelsea defense? So David Luiz is yeah. a BAPS magnet, and 
you know, not Yeah, not, I not was bad. so close to going Trent Alexander-Arnold to Louise two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, it looks like I actually – it worked out well in the end uh, by two points. But, yeah, I can understand. Yeah, Louise is probably pretty underrated as, a, yeah. as an FPL asset. Yeah. Um, you, you can't expect goals or assists from him. Uh, but if you if you're counting on you know if you, if you think that Chelsea can keep up their defensive stability, which I actually think they can, mostly because their their midfield is so solid. Mm-hmm. You know when you've got you know Conte and and Kovacic, although Kovacic didn't have a particularly good match, but you know that Conte Jorginho yep. m- midfield, it just no one's no one's going to boss that midfield around. No. You know, and so they might they might concede some goals, but so does every team in the league. You yeah. know, I, I think that at five yeah five point five million, I think he's probably a yeah, pretty underrated. Pretty asset. fun asset to have, even if he doesn't have a great uh, track record with goals and assists. He'll take the odd uh, worldy attempt or free kick. Uh, so yeah. it, it it could make your game week a little more fun just to have this guy. In <laughs> That's five. true, and, and only five point four percent owned too. So if you want to be a little different, uh, but but don't don't drop Alonzo for him. Obviously, that would be that would be insanity. So should we breeze through these these other three quote big six teams Spurs Arsenal sure. Manchester United they're basically um, well for Spurs and Manchester United there are only two players that we need to talk about Kane for Spurs and Martial for Manchester United I'll make this quick and painless on you Josh Martial yeah far out get him I think he <laughs> yeah. I think he's now officially yeah. the real deal for FPL. Yeah, and we, we've been we've been advocating for this for weeks. I, if they had been playing any team but Man City yep. away, I would have I would have brought him in this week. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of a bad luck on on that part. So I, I might even burn four. To, I I would I think it would be possibly worth burning four to bring Marshall, and that's that's how that's how much faith I have in him. Yeah. All right. So the Kane train is starting to. Uh, there, people are just shoveling coal into the furnace here getting ready mm-hmm. for game week 15 when their amazing run begins home Southampton Leicester Burnley and, and and into the festive period undroppable Harry Kane are you buying into to this <laughs> the guy Spurs generally uh, I, I said this to you when we were watching the Spurs Crystal Palace match I said either Crystal yeah. Palace is going to win this match heroically or Spurs is going to win this match unheroically. And uh, the latter <laughs> happened with, of course, Foyth coming through with the uh-huh. goal. Foy- it, it could only have been Foyth. Yeah. It, it, Kane, we will credit him, justifiably so, mm-hmm. with the assist. But right. uh, this team does not look in scintillating form at all. I need to no. see much more from Spurs before I start buying into all this hype. Uh, Definitely. Now the question is: Is Kane still classified as a forward next year, or do you see him more as like an eight million deep line playmaker, kind of like an Eric Dyer, like perhaps? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, on think, the cusp between gonna... defense and midfield. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even yeah, even today, the goal he scored yesterday, or I mean, the assist he picked up was a a center back's assist, right? Like yeah. a header uh, yeah, straight at the goalkeeper. <laughs> straight at the goalkeeper. Uh, I, I mean, I love Kane. It's Kane and uh, it's sad this year. What's happening? Kane, Kane and Vardy. Yeah. The yeah, downfall of the, the great players. British uh, English strikers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know he won the Golden Boot this summer. Although that was like mostly because of all his penalties. Uh, it's sad, and you know, I mean, and I think a lot of it is because he just no one will rest him. You know, yeah. they will. No one will. No one will let him take a match off, and. I just think it's catching up with him, and I just can't. How how can we see this, and and the Spurs management doesn't like? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I know they want to like they want to push on and get the Champions League, and 
there's a million reasons. They don't have a great alternative to him. There, there are lots of reasons why it's hard not to play Kane all the time. Yeah. But like, do you really like? You could never. I mean, Crystal Palace like that. Play Lorente. Play Lorente. I'm, yeah, I know I'm exactly. like the only person in the world that rates this guy, but um, or even just play them together. I think they played uh, together briefly during the Champions League midweek fixture, and. Kane Kane needs a buddy up there, a big buddy. He got like two or three weeks off after the World Cup. And how many total minutes do you think that he's not been on the pitch since the start of the season? You just had to guess a number. Uh, I think I know the answer. I think it's five because I was just looking at his stats page. Am yeah, I right? It's it's seven. seven? So okay. yeah, he's he's missed seven minutes out of the twelve game weeks after not having a summer off after the World Cup. Yeah. And he also plays in like every Champions League fixture yeah. as well. Now answer me this. Let's let's rewind the pod a little bit to when we were talking about Mo Salah. Is he worth thirteen million? He's Produce six goals and four assists. Well, Harry Kane is on six goals and two assists. Well, so right. what's where's the beef? Well, he doesn't. He doesn't. He, yeah, he doesn't get five points for a goal, and he doesn't get clean sheet bonuses. You yeah. know, I think that's definitely that's definitely part of it. And just it's it's hard to watch him and and think yes, that is a player. When you watch Mosala, and you're like, yeah, that guy has the ball every. He, he has the ball in a position where he could score yeah. like every two and a half minutes. Yep. You know, but with Kane, it's like. He's back there, you know, partnering up with Eric Dyer and, you know, they're working on, you know, kick arounds. And I don't know what's going on back there. <laughs> Slide tackle practice. Attack- yeah, they're certainly not attacking, <laughs> you know. I guess I'm being like a little snarky about this. And it's not because I-, I love Kane and I'm not, I'm not like a Spurs fan, but I, I just, I love Kane. Like I, an informed Harry Kane is, is awesome and super fun and, and great for FPL and um, would present it, you know, real alternative to, to Aguero and, and, and Salah. I mean, you know, right now you can kind of alternate those two, but if you had Kane as well, then like you'd have game weeks where it was, you know, Kane, Aguero, Salah, um, Hazard, like all like really compelling uh, captain options. Mm-hmm. And and Kane just isn't one of those right now. And and honestly, the one weekend when he was was the home match to Cardiff and he he blanked and picked up a yellow card, you know. And so I think a lot of people feel burned right now. And yeah, um, yeah I mean, his his his. Selected by percentage is twenty three point one percent, but I, I have to imagine of active managers like people who haven't just given up on yep, the game. Yep. Uh, it's got to be closer to like negative seven percent or something. <laughs> it seems like nobody nobody has them right now. Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah, they do have a good run. I don't know. I mean, like this can all change. You know, sure. I mean, we'll see. And you know, it is a great run coming up in game week fifteen. So yeah, um, yeah, maybe and, Erickson. Maybe I go. Maybe I go Hazard to Erickson in game week fifteen. Yeah, none of the differentials that we discussed last week really lit up in that Palace game. Be it uh, Lamella had a couple of chances that he, he kind of blew. Oh yeah, remember my, my Lamella moment mm-hmm. in the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lamella's lying on the pitch, and I am I'm screaming. I think I just really wanted Sorlot to score, and so I was like screaming and complaining about how. <laughs> Lamella is like flopping on the ground, and then I was making fun of him for having. Is it making fun? Maybe I'm just jealous, but he's like his weird face where he's got zero percent body sure, fat, sure. right? It's Skeletal. Like just, yeah, and then they 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 pan over and they show him, and his face is like he's drenched in blood. And I was like, <laughs> it's just like it was like it was you see, like yeah. I mean, you know, compare it like it was like someone actually got injured for once, you know. Yeah. And it's like the the first half of the Chelsea Everton match. I felt like such an old man because I was like, get up. <laughs> Like you were, you were not like everyone was falling on the ground in that match. That was, yep. it was, that was a painful match to watch. I know it was equal. It was more painful for me because I, I was tripled up on that team. Yep. But even as a, as a 
player with not a lot of investment in that game, but that was not a fun match to watch. No, I, I totally agree. And <clears throat> Everton, I have to give props to Everton and to Marco Silva. The game plan came off. Sure. It worked. They were able to put up with these, these horrible, disgusting challenges that the likes of Jorginho were putting in. They didn't lose their nerve. They had opportunities to even win the game. So I, I was impressed with Everton. Uh, Generally. I was too. I, much better than I was expecting, especially with, you know, uh, with Yuri Mina. I, has he maybe it was like a second time he played the season? Yeah. Um, you know, played pretty well. I know he picked up a yellow card. The but, most insane know. thing to happen in that match, though, is Marco Silva decides he's going to shore up the defense by bringing on who at the end of the game? Phil Jagielka. What a weird <laughs> That was weird. <laughs> that was a weird one. Okay. Well, uh, one <laughs> other team, uh, Arsenal in our big six compendium here. Is this still mm-hmm. a thing? Are we still tracking Arsenal? Is Lock- Do I still have Lacazette? If so, why? Aubameyang going for the golden yeah. boot in the most un, uh, sort of interesting manner. <laughs> well, it is kind of interesting. Sure. I mean, if you, sc- if you score four goals out of substitute appearances, out of two, that's, that is pretty interesting. Yeah, that's right. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, it is interesting. <laughs> if anything, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I haven't had a single Arsenal player. I think the entire season, possibly, um, which is wild. I mean, yeah. to get twelve weeks into the season and not have a single Arsenal player, yeah. but uh, who would you have? I don't know. I mean, I guess Lacazette, but nine point seven million. Get, get this. Ian Stimson wrote in on our Slack channel. Should I end my Ozil experience experiment and move him on for David Silva? So yeah. We of course were showering David Silva with praise earlier, and Ozil. Yeah, he. He had that brief. It's an easy. That's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an easy move yep. for Ian Stimson. Definitely, definitely go for it, Ian. Yeah, I would. I don't know. It feels like it might be time to sell on Arsenal. Just, just looking at these upcoming fixtures, Bournemouth away, not an easy fixture, particularly when they're going to look like that against a very kind of similar yeah. team in Wolves at, at home. And then it's the North London Derby and Manchester United. So I think yeah. I think you'd be okay to take a break from your Arsenal assets for the time. Yeah, I think Arsenal had a long, relatively easy run of fixtures, and I, I think it worked out well for their forwards. Um, you know, the midfield is kind of a mess. You know, not, it's not a mess exactly, but um, it's just it's getting rotated a lot, and I think that um, they're still trying to figure out exactly what the right combination of players. Are. I know there was like a little bit of an uh, Wobi bandwagon that was starting, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then he gets subbed at halftime, and um, <laughs> who could have seen that? It's never quite happened with. Yeah, exactly. He's he's a rotation player, so um, yeah, I think I think like you got what you expected from Arsenal, which they had a really good run of fixtures, yeah. and and they played pretty well. And now the fixtures are getting worse, and they're not fixture proof. So yeah, it's probably time to drop them. Yeah, it's time for us to congratulate everyone who got Lacazette in for those goals and uh, and right. roll roll credits. It's over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Brendan, let's take a quick break. We're going to get back with our lightning round. Josh, let's take a quick minute for our good friends at Starting 11, the daily fantasy Premier League app for your iPhone or Android. We walked into the Black Horse, as we often do, and, and Josh, you were telling me about this vision that you had in which everyone who came into the Black Horse, they were they were washed clean and they could start fresh. They could create a new fantasy Premier League squad from scratch, and then we could yes. all just go at each other for the next four to six hours yeah. as the games unfolded. Could- 
Yeah, if you're tempted by Murata, you bring him into starting 11 Daily Fantasy. You don't bring him into your actual fantasy team. It's just one example, Brandon. It's drawn from I don't know why. The starting, starting 11 offers you that freedom because any day there are two or more Premier League matches, you can fire up a game on your uh, iPhone or Android. There's no budget limitation to your team. You can adjust your lineups on the fly before the kickoff, even after those team sheets uh, come out. And what's cool about starting 11 is you get three live in-game substitutions. So when you see that Murata has been offside for the 20th time, you know what? Maybe it's time you you ditch him from your uh, starting 11 yeah. squad and bring in somebody who might actually score. <laughs> exactly. So that's how you yeah. play starting 11. If you want more information, just go to starting11.io. There's a great tutorial video there. But cash games, importantly, cash games are available in the U.S., in Canada, Ger- Germany, and the U.K. for your iOS. And Cash Games will be coming soon to Android, but you can play for free anywhere in the world on your Android phone. And mini leagues are about to launch on the uh, iPhone app, so stay tuned for more information there. Yeah, then we can when, when mini leagues are, are launched, Brandon, then we will really make uh, this vision a reality. We will be coming... Like, like a caravan, Brandon. We'll go town to town. <laughs> yes. Uh, start an 11 yeah. startup contest. Yep. And uh, don't waste your money gambling on things you don't understand. It's 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 the Premier League. Be smart. Participate in a game that you do. All right, Brandon. It's the lightning round. Uh, I think it's going to be a slightly shorter podcast this week. We're not going to do a Game Week 13 preview because we will be back next week with a podcast, a fresh podcast. Uh, but for now, Brandon, lightning round. Let's get some some lightning style answers yep. to lightning style questions. I don't even know what that means. So let's, let's, let's do some short answers to some short questions. All right. Sounds good. Uh, FPL Potter says, your thoughts on Rondon. People laughed at me last week when I brought him in. They laughed at me when I brought in Kennedy too, Potter. And now who's laughing? <laughs> Six points. Uh, great fixtures until Boxing Day. A one-game wonder or the next potential bandwagon? It's funny. After Rondon put in that second goal uh, at the Black Horse, Leo turned to us and said, how many questions about Rondon do you think you're going to get on the podcast? <laughs> I reflexively said none. Um, but then I thought mm-hmm. better of it. And I was like, of course, we're going to get at least one. Yeah. Um, yep. Ron, it's just Rondon doing Rondon things. Uh can, well done to you, Potter, for getting him in and getting on that brace. But I, I sadly think that's probably all you're going to get. He is cheaper than I realized. I did not know he was five point seven million. That is that is very cheap. Like that is that is that puts him in that Ings uh, Jimenez bracket for sure. Yeah, the Ings is the Ings one is interesting because Ings also plays for a pretty dour non-attacking team. And I don't know what yeah. it is about Ings over Rondon that um, makes him slightly more appealing. Um, I just maybe uh, well, seeing Ings Rondon is, play Ings for is, West Brom yeah. for so long yeah. and yeah. he would occasionally put in performances like this and then you wouldn't yeah. hear from him again for months. So that that's the bias that's built in. Ings represents untapped potential, right? We've never really seen a full season of Ings. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I guess the first year that Burnley were up, maybe. Yeah. But you know, injured for so long at, at uh, Liverpool, um, so it's just it's more fun to have him because you're like, well, I don't know, maybe he's a twenty goal a, a season scorer, you know. Uh, but with Rondon, we know he's about a seven goal a season yeah. scorer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, you know what? He's he's decreasing every year. Uh, he scored nine three seasons <laughs> ago, eight last season. 
uh, or eight, eight two seasons ago, seven last season, and uh, I mean he's got to be on for six. Okay, now, so, right? you're, so you've got at least four more yeah. goals left in left in the Rondon yeah. tank. So uh, maybe he'll score them in the next few game weeks, and you'll kind of. It is the craziest. The schedule for Newcastle is so nutty. Yeah, uh, it's basically really good fixtures until game week eighteen, and then it's hit game week nineteen, and it is a, a brutal run of fixtures again, and then they end on kind of a high note too. It's like. I don't, I, they they got the most screwed by the schedulers yeah. this year, right? I mean that horrible run, but I, they all it's working out okay now. I mean you'd have to assume they're going to stay up, probably, right? I mean I think so. Um, yeah, those just getting those six points, I think, restored a little confidence. You, yeah. They're they're always pretty tough at home, and so you'd think that uh, they they'd pick up enough home victories at least to, they, enough to put them above Huddersfield at Cardiff. Yeah, and then maybe there's one other team that uh, that falls below them. Cool, maybe <laughs> probably. Uh, Probably uh, Fulham, sadly. Oh, geez, yeah. It, yeah, it, it seems inevitable at this point. Yep. Let's put a pin in Newcastle until the end of the season, and maybe they'll be an interesting double game week team. <laughs> All right. All right. That's that's fair. Um, is Felipe Anderson the new bandwagon? That's from Mood Charlie. Yeah, Felipe was the poster child of our special differential episode last week, so it was fun to actually see him come in with a goal. He's really finding form. Um, so it it's definitely a toss-up right now if you're like me, still looking at who you're going to who you're gonna take to if the anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm just trying to figure out who to take to the mid-price midfielder dance uh when yeah. I'm re- replacing Madison. Is it Martial, Richarlison, and Felipe Anderson? He's he's making the case that he's right up there with those three guys and I, I think ultimately I'll pass on Felipe Anderson because to double up on West Ham when I do have the opportunity to get somebody like Richarlison or Martial, I'm not sure I can justify. But say you're not yeah. on Arnie at the moment, I think uh, you're just seeing Arnie hobble around on his bad knee makes makes my eye go toward Felipe Anderson more and more. It's such a weird, such a weird game, you know, like. It's just a funny one. I, like very early on, uh, Arnie had a great chance. I think Felipe Henderson had a great chance too. Uh, and then Huddersfield scored this kind of fluky goal where it's basically just Fabianski gets wrong footed. Yeah. And then and then it was like the, the it was like the air went out of the balloon for for West Ham for like most of the game. Yeah. You know. And then kind of right at the end they picked it up a little bit. It was just a I don't know. Yeah. They're they're a funny team. They're kind of like Newcastle. Or I, I just don't know what. I don't know. It was just a, a. I felt like I mean, Felipe Anderson got like a little lucky with the goalie score too. Yeah, the you rebound know, came right to him. It finished well, yeah, but and, he he had to be yeah. in the right place at the right time. FPL has been uh, a little poor before that. I thought. Yeah. I, okay. So FPL Nick is going to raise the stakes on Mood's mm-hmm. question a little bit. He's just asking flat out: Jimenez, Martial, or Felipe Anderson? So, given what you just said, Felipe Anderson. Doing cool FPL things maybe doesn't pass the eye test with flying colors at the moment. So if you have to choose between the two or the two midfielders, Martial and Felipe Anderson, let's leave him and as out of it. Who do you go for? It's Martial easily, yeah. um, especially because you really should have Arnie in your team. I yeah. think I, you know. I think that's probably at seven million, even with the knee, he's just. He's he's just very you know I don't know very goal focused really should have scored in this match um, you know I think that he's uh, right I mean I, I think he's just like an automatic pick for any 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 team yep, right now yep, yeah I agree and so but but I, I don't know if I trust so because of that I don't feel like I trust West Ham enough to uh, to have two players yep, from that team yep, now right yeah I agree 
Yeah, I feel the same way. Mike Mulcahy says, is Lucas Dean passing the eye test for the two of you? Uh, I am wanting to come off of Trippier and looking for a differential in defense. Uh, he seems attack-minded. Um, I don't mind that. Um, I think uh, I think uh, Perea on uh, Lester is also an interesting option. Yeah, um, yeah. Right in that same price bracket. Yeah, I agree. I do like the look of Dean. I am troubled defensively with Everton's upcoming fixtures. I mean, game week 13 is great home Cardiff, but then in the next six, they're looking at Liverpool city and Spurs. Um, Yeah. Liverpool and city away in both cases too, which is really tough. Yeah. Um, I might be tempted to look elsewhere um, like Brighton or or even West Ham. We were just talking about West Ham. I know they have City in game week 13, but then they just have an incredible run after that with Newcastle, Cardiff, Palace, Fulham, Watford, Southampton. I just see better I'm options. still. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Although I don't know that I recommend the West Ham defense. It just seems like they've got <laughs> Fair enough. too many mistakes yeah. in them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I was actually kind of looking at an Everton defender too, um, partially because I was if Trent Alexander-Arnold didn't start this game week, I was – it was going to be time for him to go yeah. for my squad. Um, now I think I I'd probably end up holding him. Mm-hmm. So um, so I was looking. I was actually looking at Lucas Dean because you know, I I agree. I mean at four point eight million, uh, but yeah, again, it's just the the fixtures aren't great. And um, is it is it really? Yeah, do you really want to have him for? Um, you know, just like like you can't play him for three of the next six fixtures. You know, yeah. so is that really is that really what you want? Yeah, there were stats flying around a couple of weeks ago. He when he he was starting to emerge as he. He was putting in the most crosses of anyone on Everton. So yeah. there's the attacking impetus. But yeah, we haven't seen any production there yet. So what about what about Lewis Dunk? This week's goal scorer, four point four million, two point five percent owned. Uh their next four fixtures are great. Leicester, Huddersfield, Palace, Burnley. I'm into it. I, I think that's a good buy. I mean, I have I have Matt Ryan that I'm rotating with Patricio and I'm content there. If I didn't have Matt Ryan definitely looking at the uh i do wonder if i would have brought in dunk or duffy instead of balbuena last week if i didn't have matt ryan because yeah i think just think brighton is really coming into their own this season and uh, they mm-hmm. they just seem incredibly organized they have a, a certain level of self-belief um yeah uh, so yeah i like that pick all right. Um, Ian Waring says, this is supposed to be my last game week with Holobos, but who is there to move to in a similar bracket uh, with the team, with the same potential for uh, attacking returns? Um, I guess the attacking return thing twists it just a little bit. Uh, maybe makes uh, Perea a little more, yeah. a little more of a contender there. But I think all the players we just talked about. Um, yeah, I think Dunk in particular. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, it's kind of a short-term buy with those players, but the next four are great. And then, and then it's a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, but then you're talking about the – I mean, you know, anyone who's got four solid fixtures in a row, that's that's like a no. I, mean, I, I don't know how far ahead you need to think with with some of these yeah. moves. I mean, you know, so many, so many things can happen, you know. So you're like, ah, like their game week, you know, their game week 18 isn't great, mm-hmm. you know. And like it sort of stops you from making a move that could really help you in the short term. We have to assume too that Aaron already has uh, Doherty on Wolves because I think if, if you don't already have Doherty, that's a great – move from hall of yeah, that's true uh what about a, a wolves double up um mm-hmm. or maybe even a triple up a defensive triple up 
Yeah, I mean, Bennett was on for, uh, I mean, he was neck and neck with Doherty for all three bonus before Arsenal ended up scoring. And so he's he's dirt cheap, offering great value yeah. and, and seems really good on bonus. So I like him on on a double up. I mean, or or Johnny is is basically Doherty on the other side of the pitch. If you're looking to go full on attack, maybe Johnny because there's a little more attacking potential there. Mm-hmm. For you know, it's not that much more money, right? Like 0.5 more. So, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy that Doherty's just skated along without really becoming the like like Juan Basaka like kind of took that spot for so many of yeah. us. But in the end, we all would have been better off with. With uh, I don't know if we all would have been like Wamasaka's had a couple of good game weeks, but in most cases you'd be better off just having uh, the the two wolves uh, defenders. Yeah, Wanby is such a fun story because um, I mean he 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 took off like like a comet at the start of the season in FPL and he's he's drifted away, but he's only becoming a better and better player. Like he's. Yeah, he will be. It's not really his fault that they're. The <laughs> yeah, team exactly. Not. He will be in our <laughs> next big six team conversation. I'm, I'm sure of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I think if I had Holabas, I'd be looking to get rid of him. Right? I mean, it's just yeah. The, the, he misses starts. He's, he's old, right? Is he like 34 years old? Yeah, but you have to understand the great diet that most Greek people have. I mean, old means <laughs> something completely different in Greece. That is true. That is true. I'm surprised he doesn't have silver hair. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's not, we're just going to all the Greek cliches. They're, they're, they're complimentary cliches, though. You know, Clooney has silver hair. It's beautiful. Fits in very well. Uh, all right. Uh, Mark Moore. Um, my heart says Mo to Sterling. My heart says Mo to Silva. Who to listen to? This is a, a twist of what we talked about earlier. Uh, if you just, I don't know, if you just went to one, Brandon, who would you go to? Sterling. Yeah, I think Sterling too. I, I you know, I, I know you'd be saving two point five, which you could spend elsewhere. But well, I, I assume yeah, this, I just think, this move is just to your point. This move seems clearly laid out to make some money to do a make weight for something else that's going on. So, right. I guess Mark, if you're trying to turn Mo into bigger upside for your team, then maybe in your your case, it's David Silva to give even more money in the bank to, I don't know, whatever, whatever killer app you've also got going on. It was honestly just, it was just bad luck that, that Sterling didn't get any attacking points today. He really should have had at least a goal. I mean, he was at that one moment where he was right there and kind of, he just didn't pull the trigger. The ball wouldn't sit for him. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Boren says, really hoping you guys can help me with this one. Still have my wild card to burn. Uh, is now a good time to play it before all the Christmas fixtures, or do I wait until another game week in December to play it? <laughs> uh, this is this is an interesting one. Um, I was thinking about this uh, on Friday. I think I was reflecting on my playing the wild card. I think it was in game week four, game week five. The early game week, the early wild card for me tends to, I mean, work. Um, whatever that means. I tend to generally always be happy and not regretting playing my first wild card on the early side. So yeah. my instinct here for Lawrence is to say, you know, if you've got some targets, just trigger the wild card now. Um, yeah, you know. I tend I tend to agree. You know, I was thinking about my transfers this week and how they didn't work out. Um, and it ultimately hasn't really hurt me because my I, I did I had such a good wild card a few weeks ago. 
that it really did set me up for it was like I, I had the luxury of making some bad transfers because like I, I so I, I I made the spine of my team very solid and I could like tinker at the edges a little bit you know so um, I do think that it just depends on I mean we you know we don't have like this team in front of us right now but typically you know um, I, I don't know like if you you know you you know when it's time to wildcard yeah like if you're asking the question you probably don't have to yeah. we got a handful of questions too just looking at ahead to the the Christmas period, the festive period, including Will Thomas, who asked what should be the priority heading into the busy winter schedule, big point scorers or fully functioning bench. So this goes hand in hand with Lawrence's question of focusing on Christmas fixtures with his wild card. And I'm wondering if the uh, the festive period becomes the new over planning for the end of season double game weeks where you just you, <laughs> yeah. you think you're planning and you're doing a service to your team by getting everything in place weeks, months ahead of time. But you end up right. end up kind of screwing yourself in the short term. So I'm right. Uh, right. I'm not a big fan of us already looking ahead to what's going to happen during the Christmas period. I think no, you just need we're to not even. Yeah, it's, we're still in early December, early November. Yeah. You know, let's. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's I think it's too early to start playing. I mean, the, the answer is you need both. You need big points and a fully functioning bench. And there's no there's no way to split that. Yeah. You know, um, you just you just need to have have a you know have have both and yeah I, I think that i'm not even sure you need to go three deep on your bench i mm-hmm. mean I, I don't know that that often in, the, in a win even even over like the craziest part of the holiday fixtures do you really ever go three deep yeah. into your bench yeah. um you know unless there's just a bunch of fluke injuries uh, but even rotation won't hit you that bad so have at least two decent bench players yeah. and it's so easy this year right i agree you've got Juan Bissaka, you've got you know um all the wolves defenders so mm-hmm. yeah yep Last question of the podcast comes from Death Star FPL with Fraser returning yet again and stiff fixtures to come. Is getting him in now chasing points or getting on a great price asset in form who could score against anyone? All right, so let's solve this 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 question from Death Star. Should he buy Fraser or should he just say that's I missed the boat? I think it's a good idea to buy Fraser. I it's okay it's definitely not too late but the fixtures are not great in the next four game weeks right yeah. i mean outside of the huddersfield in 15 they they play arsenal city and liverpool in three of the next four um i, I you know it's i don't think it's chasing points to bring him in but those aren't great fixtures yeah. i mean I, I don't expect him to like run riot yeah. in those those fixtures so i don't know well you you must have thought about this a fair amount bringing david brooks in for game week 13 Maybe you didn't. Yeah. Maybe you didn't consider Fraser just because of the price discrepancy. But you considered the upcoming fixtures. You're, you're just yeah. thinking. Well, I did get that. I got that bonus Newcastle fixture, which I think helped. You know, yeah. um, I mean, if I had a five million midfielder, I feel like that's that's someone I can bench very gotcha. easily. Okay. Um, but and I was like, well, Newcastle, and they have Huddersfield, uh, Wolves, and Brighton. You know, in the next like six or seven fixtures it felt like i felt like it was just enough yeah. you know and um yeah i i just i liked him for that fourth midfielder slot and i i, I knew i was going to um drop kennedy at some point for first for a you know a, a better midfielder so yeah. um i don't know but like you know my decisions were i you know i in hindsight i hate both the transfers i made <laughs> <laughs> and it is it is what it is yeah. you know, so. I, I think though to put bournemouth in perspective i they are they're going to have some tough fixtures but this is 
Well, we've seen of them as a great attacking side. There's no reason to believe that that's not going to continue throughout the rest of the season. So just look at it as a long-term investment. Fraser's only going to go up in value, I would assume, unless he, God forbid, gets a terrible injury. Uh, So I think he's just an incredible value pick still at 6.2. Yeah, I think so too. They're, they're so attacking, and he's on he's on set pieces and corners, and I mean, even today, like he probably didn't have one of his best matches, but um, but just because he's on corners, you know, he just had chances to to pick up FBL points. Yeah, so, yeah. all right, Brandon. Well, that's that's the podcast. We've got our game week thirteen preview next week. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna take a little like take a little FPL break, you know, take a couple days and, and like decompress a little bit. Cool. So if you guys like weird Twitter, I will be uh, running the uh, always <laughs> cheating Twitter account for making all sorts of nonsensical yeah. jokes. It'll be great. I, I say this now. I'll, I'll <laughs> of course, be on there of course. Like 10 minutes after yeah. this podcast. Okay. So just a reminder, you can support the podcast by going to patreon.com slash always cheating. Josh, if you support us at, at Patreon, you're not just sort of uh, throwing us a few bucks. You're actually helping us to keep the podcast up on the airwaves. Uh, we it's it's yep. paying for our domain fees, uh, our hosting fees through SoundCloud, and what we're trying to do over on Patreon is is give that money back to our our patrons. We just sent out a big T-shirt mailing to our producer yeah, and sort buttons. Of yeah. Yeah. We're looking at uh, rolling out some new Patreon features. We're actually working on recording some Patreon exclusive podcasts as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, like three or four different ideas, all of which we hope to get done in the next, um, or at least a couple of them done in the next, uh, next couple of weeks. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep you all updated on that. Um, but yeah, thanks again to Bobby, Ali and Andrew for uh, becoming new Patreon supporters this week. Yeah. And thanks to our producers, especially Mike DePietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts, Nick Costello, Carl Rasmus, Lini Granley, Chris Howell, Rafi Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, Brian T., Trevor Ingerson, and Chris Carter. You guys are the best. Thank you to all of you guys. Uh, Brandon, you can subscribe to the podcast. We are now on Spotify. We are finally on Spotify. Woo. Uh, sorry, we, it took us an hour and 20 minutes before I mentioned that, uh, <laughs> in case you prefer to listen to podcasts on Spotify. But we're there now, so go uh, find the podcast. I know that it's searchable because I did it on my own phone, and, and I uh, um, and you can follow us there. You can find all the new episodes there. You can listen to every podcast we've done. Uh, I think this is actually our, uh, this is our 151st podcast that we're recording right now, Brandon. Yep, just um, go into Spotify yep. and make your own special Always Cheating playlist. Maybe you like episode 130 <laughs> best. You can put yep, that as yep. track one. And then maybe episode 85 <laughs> is your second favorite. Put that maybe as sure, track yeah. four. We all, love, we all love episode 73, yeah. you know, the game week 14 preview <laughs> uh, from the 2016 season. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, uh, basically anywhere that um, you can listen to a podcast, you can listen to our podcast. Uh, and give us a five-star review on iTunes. We mentioned last week it's great for people to uh, discover the podcast and listen to it for the first time. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Hail Cheaters. That's H-A-I-L Cheaters. Uh, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, you can email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. And if you've zoned up in the last like eight minutes of outro that we've just done. <laughs> what um, an outro it is. This just, is like a Terrence Malick outro. outro. <laughs> you can go uh, directly to alwayscheating.com. You can find uh, find the website. You can, oh, you can also you can see our Instagram photos on there. Uh, but we do hope that if you're on Instagram, you will follow Always Cheating Podcast there. 
Excellent. All good stuff. All right. Uh, everyone, enjoy the break. We'll, but we'll be back next week to talk more FPL. So we'll see you then. We can't resist. See you soon. Poku forever. Hail international break. Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.